0: ION 2020, Episode 17. Hey everybody! Thank you for joining me on Ion 2020. This is your clear look at the 2020 elections, helping you see clearly. Uh, my name is Ray Eaton. I'm your host, and I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, th- thank you for those who have listened in the past, and that you came back. Hope you're subscribing to my or to my uh, to my podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or whichever uh, podcatcher you are listening through. I certainly uh appreciate that you do that, please subscribe and then, if you can also go ahead and rate me uh review it, send me some uh you know some good critiques if you'd like to I'm always one that wants to try to get better. I feel like I'm putting together a little bit better podcast than I was obviously three weeks ago when I started this thing, and uh you know only on episode seventeen now, but I'm really enjoying this. And uh, hopefully every day I can get better so that I can put together a better show for you, come in more prepared and so forth. I think that's the most important is sounding clear to you and giving you good news, giving you good information with regards to these candidates for 2020, some of the issues that they're covering. I think that that's the most important thing is that you're able to get all that information because I tell you what, sometimes it can be boring. I'm doing a lot of work for you. I'm making it. I'm I'm putting together this effort for you because i want to make sure that you have a clear view of the 2020 election going forward um yeah so that i mean that could be spending this time looking at some of these candidates i mean these people are boring sometimes i tell you what um but you know what they're running for office so they must think that they have something going on and uh and that's what i wanted to bring you today is one of the new candidates that decided to run um run for public office or for president and that's going to be Kamala Harris and uh I just noticed she had announced over the weekend that she was going to be forming an explor no wait she wasn't forming an exploratory committee she was actually jumping right into the game so she's formally announced that she is running for president and uh that's good. I don't know too much about her, but I did do quite a bit of, or I didn't know much about her, but I've done a lot of research today, just trying to find as much information about her as I can. And, uh, that's what I'm going to bring you today. So depending upon where you're from, um, man, over the weekend, Kamala Harris, she announced her candidacy for president and, uh, I was busy over the weekend, it was freezing cold, and uh, whenever it's freezing cold in the south, um, I live in South Carolina, and you get some nice cool weather, so what do you do? You go up to the mountains, because the mountains, they're going to start making snow at the ski areas, so I took my family snowboarding, and uh, I spent, it was, what, what was it, Martin Luther King Day weekend? So. We took Monday off, so we went Saturday, Sunday, Monday, went up to the slopes, let the kids do some snowboarding. I did some snowboarding, and uh, we had a blast. I didn't even focus much in on the uh, presidential election at all because, you know, we're so far out. There's not a lot of new news that comes out, but what happens is uh, Kamala Harris, she announces that she's going to be running for for president. And uh, they said that she didn't even start a form, start an exploratory committee. She just jumped right in. And uh, I would just I wanted to make sure that I got one of these episodes out on her this week because I just thought that was important to stay on top of these things. But there was a couple of other issues that I wanted to bring up for the last couple episodes. And I just wanted to, um, those were things that I really wanted to talk about. But now I'm going to be telling you a little bit about who Kamala Harris is and uh, what she's campaigning on. So first thing I did is I went to her website. It's org, and it says Camila Harris for the people. Whenever a politician says that I'm a little bit skeptical because for the people, I think that's there's a there's a law firm in Florida actually that uses that uh that that same statement for the people. So I think that's a lawyerly type term. And I think she was an attorney, so it says, Add your name, join our campaign. That's a pretty standard thing that all of these um politicians that are running have done they're just their first page there's really nothing else on it the only thing that you can do is it says or on her page it's just all you can do is put your first name your address and your zip code and i think it's just to see where you live and uh, where her supporters are at and then they want to be able to email you a bunch of stuff about about the uh, campaign as well i'm sure And then they're obviously trying to get get you to volunteer and so forth down the road. But they're just trying to get a mailing list going. So it says, Kamala Harris has spent her entire life defending our American values. From fighting to fix our broken criminal justice system to taking on the Wall Street banks for middle class homeowners, Kamala has always worked for the real people. Not for the real people, I'm sorry. Always worked for the people. Where did I even get the real people at? So it says, Kamala Harris has... Always worked for the people. Join Kamala's presidential campaign today. That's her website, and then that's the only choice that you really have. That's pretty much what I've seen on all these guys. Is uh, or anyone that's that's trying to uh, run for president right now is they just have this one page up, and they're just trying to get your uh, get your name and your email address and where you're from. So um, that's all they really have on her on her page. I did a little bit more digging, though, because that's my job. That's what you guys want me to do. And uh, I found a little bit more on her as well. NewYorkTimes.com. They have a little bit of a write-up on her on an article from a couple days ago. And it says, Kamala Harris. She's 54 years old. She's a senator from California, former Attorney General of California, former San Francisco District Attorney. So she's on the hard nose district attorney side of things, huh? Not a defense attorney, but a district attorney. So... Um, I guess if you ever watch TV and you watch the district attorneys on TV, they're no holds barred, right? They're just trying to put people away, and uh, and that's that. So if that's the type of person that she is, she's probably a hard nose. Uh, that could be good for her with people that, you know, are into criminal justice and, you know, things like that, um, being hard on cr- criminals and things. Like, you know, a lot of people are willing to vote for that type of person, so... And, as the Attorney General of California, I, uh, you know that 's a obvious point that she must have a lot of popularity then within the calif- within California, having been attorney general um, so she says, "I believe our country wants and needs some leadership that provides a vision of the country in which everyone can see themselves so she, that statement right there um, obviously she thinks she is that person that can provide." A vision of a country in which everyone could see themselves that's I don't know, that's just pie in the sky type statements right there I'm not sure why they used that in her New York Times write up as her quote because you know there's always there's going to be this division especially if you're a Democrat you're going to have the division along with, against the Republicans and the Republicans are going to be divided against the Democrats that's just the way it is um, but she says that, I mean, that's a very pie in the, pie in the uh, sky type statement. And, uh, it's just, it's a lame statement <laughs> to be honest. So, um, they say this about her. She would bring a star power and history making potential to the race that few other Democrats can match. If it means that she's going to be a woman, well, there's plenty of other Democrats that are running as female But she is also. um, I think her her family is Asian and African American. I think their her parent one of her parents was from Jamaica, if I remember correctly. So, um, and then the other one either Filipino or Asian, I can't remember which. So I I read that about her as well. So that puts her in a unique position. She would definitely uh, make history in the sense of being the first woman and the first um, African-American female um, or minority female to be president. So, you know, Democrats are always trying to play um, politics with people's race and their religions and their sexual orientations and so forth. Uh, so that's definitely a, a positive for those people that are trying to play identity politics. So they'll vote for her, I guess, Um One of the few Democrats to join the Senate after 2016, so the Democrats lost pretty heavily in 2016, and she was one of the senators that joined, but she's a California senator. California is a very liberal state, so easy for a Democrat to get elected in California, I would imagine. I'm not sure, did she, no, she didn't run against, um, what's his, nah, never mind. That was the governor, um, I'll be back, what's his name, uh. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger but he was a governor not a senator so okay so let's move on quickly drew notice she quickly drew notice for her tough questioning of President Trump's cabinet nominees and later his Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh so I don't know if you remember there in the Kavanaugh proceedings that they were doing in the Senate like these people were posturing big time just to have some kind of uh, hard-nosed statements against him right All the Democrats, they were just lining up because they were going to be on C-SPAN. And if they could make the the hardest issues against Kavanaugh, if they could really press him hard, they'll get some play on Fox News and CNN and everywhere else and get their face out there. And she's one of those ones that made a name for herself during that time, along with like Cory Booker and a few others as well. They were trying to look very presidential, I guess, because they are planning on announcing in the next couple months whether they're going to run or not. But her signature issues are going to be unveiled middle-class tax cut legislation. And she her, she's a champion of liberal civil rights agendas in the Senate. So those are her key issues so far. So she's going to be a civil rights type person um, when she's running and also for middle-class t- tax cut legislation. So maybe those will be some issues. I'm all about tax cuts. I think that's fine. Uh, the less money the government gets, the better that's what i say starve the government and uh yeah so that's that's a little bit about her from the new york so let's get into uh her political positions i think that's really important to look at harris's political or you know as a senator and uh where she stands most likely as a presidential candidate because she really hasn't put uh, put together her uh platform yet from what i've seen so political positions on abortion. Since her election into the Senate, Harris has maintained a hundred percent rating by the Abortion's Right Group Planned Parenthood Action Fund, and a zero percent rating by the anti-abortion National Right to Life Committee. So she's clearly, um, I guess, good on abortion if you are pro-choice, uh, or bad on abortion if you're pro-if you're pro-life. Um, so that's, I mean, from a libertarian perspective, libertarians are typically split on that issue, and I typically won't address those issues on, um, on my podcast because I just feel like it's something that, it's such a divisive issue, and in my opinion, I'm not a, I'm not a female, so I can't really, you know, tell a woman what to do with her body in that, in that respect, um. But I do have a feeling that, you know, in my mind, I've always thought that the government should probably not have too much power. And, you know, the less power I could take away from the federal government, the better. Maybe leave it at the state issue. Maybe leave it at the community issue. I'm not sure. Um, but I know that having having it in the hands of the federal government is definitely a negative. All right, let's go on. Cannabis in May 2018. how is that? An, how is that even a political position, cannabis? But that's fine. Because um, it is, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you have tons of people that are in jail for you know smoking a plant or being in, poss- being in possession of a plant, and uh, to me that's that's just you know injustice as it is. So let's see here, on on cannabis in May two thousand eighteen, Harris announced she would co-sponsor the Marijuana Justice Act, which Senator Cory Booker introduced in two thousand seventeen the legislation would eliminate marijuana status as a schedule one drug under the controlled substance act the move would also require federal courts to expunge the records of americans who have previous, or have prior marijuana convictions related to the use of or possession she believes the move to decriminalize marijuana will prevent the justice department from enforcing laws that are unjust and unfair as more and more this is me speaking right here but as more and more of these uh, states legalize marijuana for medicinal use as well as for recreational use, the federal government either has to do one of two things. Make it, you know, declassify it as a Schedule One drug. Just completely be hands-off on it where that's the law that the government makes it legal or they're going to have to become more forceful with it. One of the two is what's going to happen. Obviously, in my opinion, it should be legal and they should just get rid of the prohibition on marijuana, and, you know, I will support her if she's going to make that an issue of her presidency as well. I won't support her specifically as a candidate. I'll support her in that belief, in that desire. So, moving forward, Uh, death penalty. Harris is opposed to the death penalty but has said that she would review each case individually. Her position was tested in April of 2004. Um, when Isaac Espinoza was murdered by the Bayview District, she was a, a attorney at the time. So, uh, she, Although the prosecutor Harry Darfman had sought the first degree murder conviction, uh, the jury found him guilty of second degree murder. Okay, so they ended up getting him life without the possibility of parole. Harrison's position, or Harris's position against the death penalty was tested again in the case of Edwin Ramos. Okay, so she is against the death penalty, and she's been tested on the issue and has not get, even as a district attorney, has not given people the death penalty. So I'm I'm with her on that because I don't think the the government should ever have the ability just to take somebody's life and... As Gary Johnson says, when one out of every hundred people on death row is found innocent, and it's probably even a higher rate than that, um, and I've watched many documentaries on this as well, but when the possibility of one out of a hundred people is being innocent on death row, I don't want to kill any of them, because to me, that's just wrong, that you would kill one person, and the government you know, makes it almost impossible to get... Um, out of prison if you've been convicted. Very, very challenging to get out. So I would just say um, give that person all of the due process possible, and that is the due process of not having that person killed while they're in custody of the federal government. All right, disaster relief. I'm not sure how that is a political position because most people are for dis- disaster relief just to whether the federal government should be the one that's doling out that disaster relief or it should be private charities. She's for, uh, okay, Harris was one of eight senators to sign a letter to the Federal Emergency Management Agency charging the agency with not assisting displaced homeowners in Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria under the Individuals and Households Program at alarming rates. Okay, so she was hard on that issue. Education. In interviews with Matt Lauer on today's show, Harris argued for treating habitual and chronic truancy among children in elementary schools as a crime committed by the parents of truant children. Wow, that's pretty hard-nosed. She argues that there is a direct connection between habitual truancy in elementary school and crime later in life. So she wants to put parents in jail if their kids are habitually truant. And she wants to make that a federal issue. That's amazing that she would want that, but... Hey, whatever. She is a statist, and uh, I, don't, I think that goes without saying. So she's going to want the federal government to mandate those things. Election security. So Harris was one of six senators to introduce the Secure Elections Act, legislating authoriza- legislation authorizing block grants for states. That would update outdated voting technology. Okay, so she wants to give states money on the environment. She is uh, from California, so you could assume where she's probably at there. Um, But she, let's see here. In 2018, Harris was one of eight senators to sponsor a Climate Risk Disclosure Act, a bill described by and co-sponsored by Elizabeth Warren as using market forces to speed up the transition from fossil fuels to cleaner energy, reducing the odds of an environmental and financial disaster without spending a dime of taxpayer money. So she's just gonna make they're gonna figure out ways to make laws that create market forces to speed up the transition. Okay, so her assumption though is that government knows better of what kind of uh energy sources we should use. And I mean, if in in a in a in the real world, nobody knows what the best source of energy is, right? Fossil fuels, the price goes down, it's better to use them for us. If they start going up and creeping up higher and higher because of the scarcity, then we're going to find better sources. And, you know, solar power prices have come down dramatically in the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, Wind energy, I mean, it's becoming more prevalent as well, obviously with some subsidies. But who knows? Maybe solar would have beat out wind. Maybe wind would have beat out solar. Maybe some other thing that we don't even know about would have beat out them both. We just have these subsidies that are forcing, you know, that allowing people to be subsidized for putting solar up. So people aren't looking for alternative sources at that point. So, I mean, that to me, I just think that government subsidies are wrong and uh, government playing favors with one thing over another is wrong as well. So I can't support her on that environmental issue. Her foreign policy, um, April 2017, Harris charged Syrian President Bashar al-Assad with attacking Syrian children and stated the clear fact that President Assad is not only a ruthless dictator brutalizing his own people, he is a war criminal the international community cannot ignore. She called on President Trump to work with Congress on his administration's lack of clear objectives in Syria and articulate a detailed strategy and path forward in partnership with our allies. So she's an interventionist. I've would never have thought that about a California Democrat. So um, definitely an interventionist. Um, She's wanting Trump to intervene in Syria and uh, get rid of Assad. I think that's a challenging thing. I could never support her in that because I don't think that the United States government has any ability to decide who is the best person to run a country, We've clearly failed in Iraq. We've failed in Libya. We've failed in Afghanistan. We've failed in every country that we've gone into, then tried to change their leader. And uh, all it has done is cost American lives. And I cannot support that. So, and if you want more information on that, definitely listen to Scott Horton's show, uh, subscribe to his podcast. He is anti war radio over in California, and he's been doing this for, uh, God, I think he has five, 6,000 podcast episodes or something like something just, just absolutely crazy. He's been doing this for so long. The guy has a wealth of information on all of the foreign intervention. And if you really want to be up to speed on that, just listen to that guy, listen to his show. He interviews people constantly um, with regards to all of the foreign intervention that's going on, he's a foreign policy guy. He knows his stuff, so just, you know, Scott Horton Show. Look that one up if you want to know more. But definitely, um, I would never support her as an interventionist, so I think that's a challenge, Um, and I could not support her for that. Harris earned an F rating from the National Rifle Association for her consistent efforts supporting gun control. An F rating by the National Rifle Association. Wow, she must really hate guns. So, can't support her in that. I think it's your right to own a product, whether it's a gun or a candy bar. So, um, I think that you should really be punished if you use a gun against somebody. That you know, like obviously, there, you know, if it's a crime and you use and you used a gun, then you should be punished accordingly. Possibly, but definitely, um, I can't support her in her desire to get rid of uh, the Second Amendment. Or, you know, have the federal government trample all over the Second Amendment, which it seems like she's willing to do. <coughs> Health care. Harris announced at a town hall in Oakland that she would co-sponsor fellow Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. Well, did I not go over that yesterday? So I don't need to go any further in letting you know that I do not support Medicare for All. It's a terrible thing for our country, and it will um be a bad thing for the health of our nation for sure just like it's a bad thing for the health of lots of senior citizens who um just don't get the adequate care that they need sometimes immigration Harris has expressed support of San Francisco's sanctuary city policy and not inquiring about immigrant status for the process of criminal investigation Harris argues that it is important that immigrants be able to talk with law enforcement without fear I agree with that in some way that they should be able to talk with law enforcement without fear if there's something going on. Um, sanctuary city policies. I think cities should have the right to kind of decide what they want to do without the federal government interfering. Um, so less power to the federal government, more power to the local governments, and uh, ultimately more power to the individual. So if you don't want to, um, if you don't want an illegal alien in your house, then obviously you're not going to let them in there. If you don't if as a city they don't mind them being there, then I, I really can't say anything about that, right? Um, like I say, I always defer to less, less intervention from the federal government, and uh, that's where I stand on that issue typically. So she's generally good on that immigration issue if you are a supporter of um, free flow of immigration, I guess. I mean, a lot of a lot of libertarians are for free flow of immigration all it is is free for, free flow of labor right and if we're for free trade free flow free flow man that is a tongue twister isn't it free flow of labor should be um no different than the free flow of goods and wheat and barley and beer from mexico and tequila we send them plenty of uh, cars and trucks and suvs and things of that nature as well so, um, I'm generally for a liberal, uh, immigration policy. If anything, um, if you were going to expand upon what we currently have now, maybe make it easier for people to get a green card or a work visa and so forth in order to get into the United States and work so you don't have to cross the border illegally, um, If they just made it so much easier for these people to work, then they wouldn't have to come over here and cross illegally, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, And then if you're going to have some border control, obviously, like people trying to sneak, um, you know, prostitutes and, you know, things like that into the country, then, you know, so be it. Have border control for those things. But if you made it very easy for people to come in here to work, then you wouldn't have that issue of uh, people crossing the border like that. Let's see, so taxes, Harris opposed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, so she was against that, um, the tax cut that, that, uh, Donald Trump started, or got passed in 2017, I wonder why, I mean, obviously she's a Democrat, so they must have been like, oh, you're just paying, you know, giving tax cuts to the rich, that's their, that's what they always say, right? Um. And then campaign finance. Harris has disavowed most corporate donations and has committed to rejecting money from corporate political action committees for her presidential campaign. We shall see how that stands, but that's fine. I think even Obama said that he was against all that, and then he ended up not taking, um, or I think he ended up taking tons of that money as well. So, you know, money, you know, these politicians, all they they do want to get as much money as they can for their campaign. So if she becomes a more serious candidate, we'll see how she stands on that. Um, but other than that, I I don't see a lot, too many issues that that she's going to run on. That um, I mean, some are good, some are bad. Um, but, you know, like a typical Democrat, she is going to be uh, very much a statist. We wants state intervention in just about every aspect of our lives. And I always uh, defer to less state intervention in my life because I am an individual and I can make decisions for me and my family. And, uh, and that's that. So that is a little bit about uh, Kamala Harris. She recently announced that she's running for president. She's a senator from uh, California, and, uh, and hopefully I gave you as much insight as I can about her, and now your eyes are clear on that issue. Your vision is clear on that issue. So let me wrap up uh, on this episode about Kamala Harris. Uh, I do appreciate all of my listeners. Anyone that's uh, listening to this show, please go ahead and subscribe to it. Uh, listen to some previous episodes as well if you're new to the show. I really would appreciate that, and if you want to go ahead and uh, you know comment and or you know, subscribe, comment, uh, share the podcast with other people because I'm really trying to make sure that uh, that we bring that I can bring you all of the best information with regards to the 2020 election going forward. But my goal is to help you to have a clear vision of the 2020 election. So uh, I appreciate you listening, and you have a great day.